up my boys. My boys. I'm already recording too, D. So we're yeah, probably, I see. <laughs> probably use this for bloopers or something, but uh it's the connect. Get connected. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Connect Podcast. Uh, we're jumping in right now, season two, first episode. Uh, excited for our guest today, but before we get to that part, D, how you feeling, season two? Man, season two, baby, here we are. I'm excited, man. Glad to be back. You know, I'm, I'm, I missed us being in front of the camera. Yeah. Really looking forward to uh, what we got lined up and what we have planned um, coming, especially kicking it off today with a dynamic guest. Um, just really excited to get back to the people, man, and, you know, bring them some more of that content. So hopefully everybody was able to enjoy season one. If you haven't caught up, please make sure you listen to it now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, right? We need those subscribers. We need those numbers. That lets us know that you all are enjoying the content. Um, please make sure you all subscribe to us on all streaming platforms from Apple Music to Spotify to Google, to whichever, but definitely Apple and Spotify mainly, because I know that's what a lot of people are using. Anchor too. And make sure, yes, and Anchor. And make sure y'all are leaving us some feedback, right? Like, let us know what y'all like, what y'all don't like, what y'all want to see more of, what y'all want to see less of, all that good stuff. We here, baby. Part two. Season two. Part two, season two. <laughs> all right. We here with, uh, uh, let's talk about the theme of this, this set. This season, right? Um, last season, we talked a, a lot about different career paths, fields, had a lot of amazing guests from educators, uh, medical field experts, tech experts. Uh, we had a range of guests that we spoke to, but being that we are educators, higher ed is our background. Season two, we're bringing you some bits and pieces from that collegiate cycle. Uh, and today, I'm excited because we're talking admissions, the, the first field that I entered when I think about higher ed, why I fell in love with this field. And even more so, the person that we get to interview today is somebody that I got a strong relationship with. We met on the road, let's say right around 2014, 2015, recruited for almost two to three years together. Um, we got a group chat uh, that we call Bicking Back, Bean Boo, the guys. Um, Quiz, what's up, baby? How you doing, brother? Doing, brother? Hey, I can't call it, man. I'm glad to be here today just to kick off season two and really be able to have a dynamic conversation today. Uh, we're chopping it up with you all right before we got started today and just excited just that uh, be able to give back and help other people. So I'm excited to be here today. Man, it's, it's good to have you. I ain't seen you in a while. So to have you on the podcast and then just talk life, right? Because we, we, we're right. Really, really friends, right? You know my dad, you know my mom, you know my sister, I know your daughter. So this is like a full circle moment, much like we had KJ and Ant to end season one. Uh, we're bringing something back, uh, full circle for season two. Uh, D, what you got on you today? Oh, man, you know, I'm cool, baby. You know, got the little good always wins, you know what I'm saying, hoodie. So, you know, we're just trying to be good always this season, and we're trying to get these wins up, you know? That's, that's saucy, too. I like that cotton candy color, bro. Hey, appreciate you, my boy. Flavors, baby. Flavors. Baskin <laughs> Robbins. Like, so, Quiz, jumping this thing off, 
Um, you've, you've listened to the podcast. You've heard what we talk about. First thing we want to do, give you a chance to, to offer yourself to our viewers, right? Tell, tell a little bit about yourself. Uh, I told them that we work together, but I want you to tell them a little bit about Marquez Young. Um, and I, I want to toot his horn real quick, right? We ended season one with a, a black man in a doctoral program. And, and right here in front of us, we about to have another black man with a doctoral degree hey, working go. towards that PhD. So yes, I'm going to toot your horn right there on that one, bro. <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. So, yeah, like Aaron said, Marquez Young um, from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, started my higher ed journey um, at Moorhead State University, uh, where I earned my undergraduate degree in business management and then got a master's degree in higher education. Um, as he just mentioned, I am working on my PhD um, in educational leadership at University of Dayton. Um, really want to give back. You know, uh, biggest thing for me, I was a football player in high school. And so um, I played football and that was really what got me to the college level. Um, I, I attest a lot of that to me being athletic and being able to have that opportunity to play sports. Um, decided to go to Moorhead State. Um, end up not playing football, stopped playing football um, throughout my college career and really wanted to focus on what was next. And so next for me was trying to find that pathway, um, went into business management, thinking that corporate America was that option for me. Um, it was at that time at Moorhead when um, my mentor uh, was an admission counselor and she really guided me throughout the process of understanding how to navigate college. Um, and so it was at that point when I graduated, there was an opening at Moorhead State as a diversity counselor. Um, and took that chance, you know, I was ready to get back home, uh, but I knew I had to start thinking about career and understanding what that looks like. And um, that was a great point place for me to be able to still be a student, but also start getting some career experience. And so I was able to work on my master's degree while working um, at Moorhead. Um, and then that's what pursued me to do this PhD. Um, now at my institution, Sinclair Community College, um, I have the privilege of leading a team um, other mission counselors, great mission counselors who's out doing the great work out on the road. But now I'm looking at this PhD. Um, that was something for me. You know, mom always said, got to go to college, got to get a degree. And so um, I tested that four year degree to athletics, but also to my mom. I mean, she was huge and influential in making sure that um, all of her kids got a college degree. And so that was for her. Master's degree was just something to do in that meantime. I'm kind of just looking at people and knowing that next step to really get into higher ed you needed to have some type of graduate degree. Uh, graduate degree, um, And so that's what kind of got me there. And then now just looking at this PhD, I wanted to do something for me. Um, and that was a point where I was always doing things for other people. I find myself to be a servant leader where I'm always trying to help other folks and um, help people navigate life, navigate college. And so wanted to do something for me. Um, and that's why I'm doing this PhD program right now, um, really to give something for myself. Um, I feel like uh, career-wise, I've done okay. And um, the trajectory of where I'm headed is pretty good. Um, but this PhD, I think, is just an testament to the work that I've done. And just to tell other people that you can do it. Um, you look at this and you think, man, PhD is a lot of work. Honestly, it's not. Um, I think if you're motivating, you have that drive, you're going to do it. And so um, long story short, that's where we got me at. That's where I'm at right now. Um, that's kind of a little bit about me. My boy. That's Black awesome. man with a PhD. Hey, sir. Yes, sir. Speaking of existence. That's, that's it. Dr. Young on the way. Um, so just tipping the ball. Um, emissions. Talk to us about what a missions orientation is. Uh, because we, we aim for this to be a, a platform where uh younger adults, younger students can get some insight. So baseline level, what's what's a missions orientation? 
Yeah, so a mission and orientation is that frontline place for you to really get an understanding of what college is. Um, you, this is your first place that you're going to go to um, when you're starting to explore college. Um, you're going to work with an admission counselor. Um, that's most of the time they're assigned. There's an assigned admission counselor for your high school, and so you'll work with them throughout the process to start navigating what college is, understanding what your goals and aspirations are, um, and then seeing if that college is a good fit for you. Um, and so within the world of admissions you always have a counselor that's available to you to answer any questions you have about scholarships, programs, um, cost of attendance, you name it. Um, that admission counselor is equipped with that knowledge to help you um, be able to decide what college uh, option is right for you. And that's key, um, definitely having those resources, right? And like you said, that first line of defense um, and making those connections. So a great place to probably make those connections would definitely probably have to be like college fairs um, in, in regards to being able to kind of like place a face and meet people. So that would probably, I would assume, is that you find that to be helpful for students when it comes to maybe correct, uh, what is it, creating their uh, letters of entrance or whatnot? Like, how does that operate? Like, what's the benefit yeah. that you can say for that? Yeah, I definitely agree there. That's going to be the first place I think that initial uh, meet with uh, college that you're thinking about attending is a college fair. Go to that college fair and then start exploring those options, seeing what colleges have for you. And then the next thing I would say was probably do a campus visit. So in that order, go to that campus, start getting a feel for, can you see yourself there as a student? Um, does this school have what you um, are looking for um, to take advantage of? And so I will say college fair is probably the best place where you can start meeting with colleges and um, kind of getting that base level knowledge of what that college have to offer you. So college fairs, right? Uh, that's how me and you met college fairs. I, I personally love college fairs. And yeah. the reason I, I love college fairs is because if this is the right institution where you need to be, there's many other institutions here. And I think that's what made us recruiting on the road so special during that time is that a lot of institutions thrive off numbers, right? You, the more students you get, the more money the university is making. But when we was really on the road, myself, you, JD, T, Kendrick, we were diligent in saying, hey, you want this major, this institution isn't for you. But my boy over here, I'm telling you, okay. this program right here where you need to be. Um, so when, when you talk about taking those college visits, going to those college fairs, what are some of those questions that students should be asking during that time, right? You got access to all these people on the wrong roof. Like, what, what, if I'm a student, what do I need to be asking? Yep. That's a good question. So I think the first thing you want to ask, does that institution have the program that you're interested in pursuing? Um, and so starting to get into what does that program look like for you? Um, if you're undecided, this is a great opportunity for you to start navigating and asking those questions about what, what the school has to offer for you. Um, but I think that's always an important question to have. And then cost. Um, I, I always talk about that the cost thing. That's the biggest aspect for me. We're all going to offer you the same thing. There's all the colleges um, that you're looking at and exploring. They offer something to you in education. And so is that affordable for you? Can you and your family be able to afford that institution? Um, it's always a good thing where I always like to highlight scholarships is important. And so talking about those scholarships, what those what those scholarship requirements look like for you and your situation, it, are there essay uh, components to it? And uh, what's the GPA requirement, those type of things to where you can really start exploring and seeing, again, if that's going to be a good fit for you. Um, I had the luxury at my institution, Moorhead State, to receive a scholarship. And so it was that having those academic sides that was uh, great for me. And so I was able to ask those questions to say, hey, 
what is the requirements? I had the GPA requirement needed to apply for that scholarship. So asking those questions, but I think there's three things and I'm gonna uh, kind of talk about those things that, that you should have, um, questions you should have ready for you when you're meeting with the missions rep. Like I said, first one is gonna be, what is that program? Um, it, do they offer the program that you're interested in? Second thing is going to be what is the cost of that institution and how much is going to cost you per year to attend. And then the third thing would be what's the fun side of it? Because you want to also have that. And I know we're there to get a degree and we want to uh, make sure the academics is focal point, but you also you're, you're getting a social experience. So making sure they have the things that you enjoy socially, that's going to make you an overall student when you do graduate from that institution. So I think those three things will help you really start to navigate what college could be a good fit for you. Man, you hit it on the head uh, with dropping a lot of gems. I'm over here like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's go there, definitely. So it's, it's great to hear about these things and making sure that students are definitely able to take advantage of these opportunities, especially when it comes to college fairs and asking the right questions. Because I think oftentimes that's where students uh, kind of get tripped up where this may be their first experience. So it's just like, what am I supposed to do? Um, you know, when I get there, like, you know, of course, asking about majors and stuff like that, but there's a way to ask those things. So um, in regards to students being able to take advantage of that admissions aspect, you know, what are some additional things that they can do? Say it's time to fill out the application. How are they making themselves stand out? Like, what are some things that they should be mindful of as they're going into completing um, their application? Time out. That question right there irks my nerves, right? <laughs> I, I promise you, coming from the career side and the student success side to the admission side, I always hear that question. What can I do to make myself stand out? <laughs> Talk to him then. Bro, it's like, be you. And I don't there know how to, how to say it in a method where people just get it. Right. It's like, be you, tell your story um, on that admissions application. And, and I know this question is for quiz, but that one really touched me. <laughs> I know, I know, no, 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 I hear it. Yep, I hear it so much. That's exactly where I was about to go with that. BU, there's a thousand plus colleges and universities out here in the U.S. And so if that college don't want you and the, you don't meet whatever stigma requirement that they, they need for that institution, there's other schools that want you. And so BU, um, I think that's how you stand out. Um, if, if you're if you're involved in different things, if you have certain situations that um, you were able to persevere through, tell your story because your story is what's going to make you the best. And so to me personally, looking at those colleges that want to take you for who you are, you know, if, if you were a stellar um, academic wise in high school athlete, you name it, those things in that college show that they want you, they appreciate you and they value you as a person. If you're if their mission is. Um, mission and values align with yours, then that's the perfect fit for you. Uh, although you're applying to colleges and those colleges have those requirements, you're also doing your homework to see if they're a good fit for you um, as they're looking to see if, they, if you're a good fit for them. So also make sure you have that in the back of your mind that they're, on the, uh, they're not off the hook either. You wanna make sure that they have the right things that you want and that you value at that institution before you decide to go there as well. Man, it, it takes me back to being in those gyms with you and, and, and the guys, like, I think it was almost a shock to some educators, like counselors and stuff, how we would pass students, right? Looking at other recruiters, like, oh, they just passing kids from table to table. But to that, that thing that you said, making sure that this school fits you. 
I get nothing out of bringing you to my school, knowing that my program isn't where you want to be or, or not where you want to be, where you need to be. Right. If, if, if Moorhead's got the better uh, biology, uh, biology program, I needed to send you there. And when I was working at EKU, we knew if a kid needed to do, wanted to do criminal justice, it's like, yo, this is a top two program in the nation. Right. Uh, in terms of you speaking towards that, that application piece, being you is important. And that's probably the most important thing, but I think a big piece of being you is knowing how to tell your story on those documents, right? Making that story when, when an admissions council or uh, an admissions representative reads that paper that they resonate with, with what you're saying on that paper. Uh, another thing you said is, is get involved, right? The more you're involved in your community, high school leadership opportunities, that's going to go a long way. Uh, and, and that last piece is like, doing your homework because I think a lot of times as young people uh, and Darren, I think you hit on this last, last uh, season. A lot of times as young people, we don't do that research, right? Darren talked about that financial component last season a little bit. Uh, you talked about that financial component. It costs to go to college, right? The, the longer you stay here, the more these people make, right? Your job as a student is to get in, get out and finding that institution that will allow you to, uh, I'm going to use a big word right now, matriculate on time through this process, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm passionate about this matriculation piece, finding the right right institution, because I'm, I'm going to be real. I owe $88,000 in student loans. I'm going to be real. Like, our job oh, is, is, as higher education people, as, as mentors that, that have this information, is like, we don't want you to hide this debt and, and go through the things right. that we're we had to go through, right? And if you, we can give you a playbook, help you get to the right place, right? The the job is on you to do once you get there. Yep, exactly, exactly. And that's why, I mean, not to toot my current institution's uh, horn, but I mean, that's why I value Sinclair so much because you can get it from an academic standpoint. We have high quality program, but you also can get it from an affordability pro, uh, uh, side where we want to make sure that you're not graduating from our institution with a lot of debt. You could come to our institution and be able to knock out those first two years and then go off to another institution to finish up. That's the biggest thing for us, because if you have all that debt, what is that going to do for you at the end of the day? You know, especially if you're not getting in a career that, that you thought you were going to get into or what have you. We want to make sure that you have the right steps ahead in the beginning to where once you do get to that point, you're able to make that happen. That is key. That is key, especially when it comes to just Man, just being mindful, and like you said, that research is definitely key. So even if you have aspirations of a four-year institution, and say, like, for example, I'll draw for myself, I didn't really do the necessary work when it came time to search for scholarships, right? And I just went to school straight off of not even, like, my grades weren't even the best, right? So with that, I wish I would have known of more options, right, that are available, such as, you know, you could do a two years at a community college, because you can knock out those first two years of your gen eds, but also okay. give you some time to reinvent your academic uh, profile. So with that, you can now present yourself as, okay, this is what I was doing in high school. And it wasn't necessarily the best, but I went to community college. I put my head down, did what I needed to do. I put together two years of transcripts that have now shown I'm a much improved student. I can navigate at the college level. And now I'm ready to transition to that four-year school. And you've just saved however much money for those first two years at that community college before you go to that, that 
four-year campus and your degree still gonna look the same it's not gonna have an asterisk that said this student started at uh whatever community college or this student's only been here for two years it's just like no it's gonna say whatever university school that name is so that is key is research that y'all hit on so that's big because i think a lot of our students as young people we see college and we see this big glamorous experience right you see the homies kicking it at the dorms, these nice new rec facilities that institutions are building, the amenities, what UCF got a little lazy pool around that campus. Like, although you see this, you may not be ready for that. And there is a, a big upside. And I really, I didn't really understand the value of community colleges until I started to work at a college, right? Exactly. Um, the amount of money that you save the amount of money. And, and I know I want all my young people that want to go to a four-year institution. I want you to go there. But right. also, if you're not prepared to go there, there is a good step in place that you go to a two-year community college. And, and here's the sweetest thing I like to tell students. You can get paid to go to school. A lot of people don't want to tell you that, but you can get paid to go to school. You go to a community college. I know here in Texas, uh, TCC, the community college where I'm at in Fort Worth, is like, I want to say $49, $59 a credit hour. So you're doing 12 credit hours, let's say the math on that, $59, 12 credit hours, you write at just about, what, $1,500? Yeah, uh, just about. Just right? About. So mm-hmm. your Pell Grant now and day, if you're getting a full Pell Grant, quiz is, is a roughly what, like $6,600? Yeah, it's close to, it's like 63, 49 or something like that to be exact. Yeah, it's so, a funky number. So <laughs> you going 63, 49, divide that by two. So that's $3,100 a semester in financial aid and government aid that is given to you just if you qualify. Right. Yep. Your cost of your tuition at a community college down here in Texas is like twelve to $1,500 for full time. So you automatically getting, let's say, $1,500 back. Now you got to buy books. I'm, I'm a... I'm a G. I'm going to break this process down to you. Never buy your books at the school. Never. Right? Never. Unless unless you are, I always tell students, unless you're in one of those medical fields or accounting fields or, or something, science, where you got to go back and look at something, you need this. Man, if you don't get online, rent them textbooks, send right. them back at the end of the semester. Right. One of your homies need the book too. Hey, let's go ahead and split this down the split middle. Cost, yep. It's so many hustles to this college thing, so D, you got you got any more questions for uh, quiz? We you ain't off the hook. We we just get started. Right. This is fun. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I, I did actually want to get into a little bit of your background, right? And what yeah. prompted you to transition into admissions in general? You know, being as though you know you got your start. I know you said you started um, your undergrad was in I think you said business admin or business management. Business management, yep. Business management, right. So what prompted you to go into higher ed itself and then as you began transitioning through the field? Yeah, definitely. So it was at that point where I started thinking about how my admission process experience was. Um, first in my family to graduate from high school, my mom had a little community college experience that she was able to take advantage of. Um, but being really the first to go to a four-year um, school and off the campus as well, be out of the house, be the first out of the house and just start, start thinking about that, that college experience that I had and how I wanted to make sure that students didn't go through the pitfalls and the barriers that I went through um, to obtain a, a go to college. So I said, like I said, I went to Moorhead State in undergrad, but I started at a private institution, Urbana University. 
Um, mm-hmm. Institution no longer in existence, but went to that school because I wanted to play football, not really understanding that, man, for, it's a private institution. It costs about 42000 a year to go there. Uh, the, the amenities that we talked about and that social experience, didn't really know what that meant. Like I've seen it, seen it on TV, knew a few people that um, took advantage of college, but didn't really know what that meant. It took mm-hmm. me one semester to realize that that place was not the best place for me. Had I had someone that, I, that can guide me through that process and really talk to me and not see me as just a number to make sure that it foot the bill for the institution, I think I would have been at Moorhead from the beginning. And so mm-hmm. once I got to Moorhead and I was working with my transfer advisor, I was like, man, I don't understand why I didn't do this in the first place. And so mm-hmm. when I started to graduate from, from college and was trying to understand what was next for me, this was the best thing. It like fell in my lap. I was like, man, I could give back to students and help them explore an option and make sure that they're on the right path for success. Why go to a private school when you can go right here? And this is going to cost you $40,000 less. And you can have the same experience and be able to do the same thing that you want to do. And being realistic, like I enjoy football. That was something that I really wanted to do. But being realistic, was I going to the NFL? Did I have any aspirations, any, the slightest chance to get there? And I didn't have someone that was guiding me to say, man, that dream is kind of ending, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I felt like this, that this was my calling to be able to get into a mission to really start telling students, you can still do that if you want to play and you got that goal and aspiration, let's do that. But let's make it affordable for you. So, okay, if you're going to go to that private school, let's take advantage of a community college in the summer where you can get ahead and start saving on that aspect. And then you can still take advantage of this. So just trying to find those things. And again, giving students the blueprint. I talk about it all the time. Uh, Aaron was really good at helping <laughs> students understand the process. They all, we, we all, I'm, I'm just res, uh, reflecting on um, a conference that we did um, and we talked about in our session, what's your flavor? Aaron had a knack for really helping students understand what they wanted to do. I can come in and hit it from this like social aspect of like, man, you want to do this? Okay, this is what we, you can get involved with and this is what you can do. Um, and, but Aaron really helps students understand you want to do criminal justice? Why are you looking at this school? Come on over here. Let me talk to you about why this is a good option for you. And then they start doing the research on their own. He was really good about that too, saying, go back and do your research. I'm going to tell you what's a good option for you. But at the end of the day, it's really up to you and how you feel, what you see as a good fit. And so um, I felt like that was my calling to really help students understand, man, you can do this, but let's make it the, what makes the most sense and what's the most realistic. Um, and so that's what really brought me into wanting to do admissions and why I'm still here. Um, I'm in a leadership role right now and not really get too much interface with students, but that was one thing that I told them in my interview. If given this position, I got to be able to still be close to the students because that's what motivates me. And that's my why, why I'm doing this work. And so I'm able to have a small, very small territory, but it's because of that. I, I said, that's extra work for me, but that's what motivates me. And that's my reward from that is being able to help students and guide them through it. So um, I think this is the, the place for me to be, really. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Hey, Aaron, you see the uh, the smoke coming from the screen? This man just killed <laughs> it real quick. So- <laughs> <laughs> like, what he said, being on that road is something different. And, and, and I want to give a shout out to every admissions counselor because Absolutely. admissions counselor from the time September hits to December – a lot of those admissions counselors are on the road, in and out of high schools every day, lunch visit, cafeteria visits. And I can't yeah. even imagine like the past two years as an admissions counselor during COVID. 
Oof. right? Not being right. able to go visit right. your kids, your territory. Um, it's it's a it's a beauty and joy in that position. And you asking why? I think a lot of college admissions counselors and people in higher ed in general. I don't think we choose this field. This field chooses us, right? We find something that we like about this field. We we go get a little taste of it. And then you get in here and you're like, like that, that student interaction. Yes. That piece right there, just going into those high schools. Like when we talk about college fairs, bro, I'm going to tell you one of the funniest stories ever. He already know. I already know. Go talk about <laughs> Like when I say we had a ball on the road recruiting, bro, we had the same territory from Louisville, Lexington, some parts of like West Kentucky, uh, just that Eastern Kentucky, Lexington border right there. Like any college fair that I went to, Quiz was there. Okay. Any college fair he went to, I was there. And it got to a point where we at the same hotel every night. We breaking bread over lunch. Like anything that you see us doing during the day, uh, we were together like, the beautiful thing about admissions, you might have an 8 a.m. fair and then you might not have another fair till six o'clock that evening. So what are we going to do today, fellas? Right. right. So that was a big piece. But to my point, uh, that admissions piece, working with those students every day as an admissions counselor is a new day. And, and the beautiful thing that a lot of admissions counselors don't get credit or praise for is that they're the ones that make the relationship for the institution. Mm-hmm. right i'm the first person that this student is going to see um and this person is going to trust me this parent is going to trust me with that student right this student is going to trust me with the next piece of their life so i i think that's a big piece and getting back to it being on the road every day is a different day we had an event at a high school in louisville called liberty high school and when i tell you our crew was so live the fair was in the gym. The fair was over. When I tell you, we asked the teacher to get a ball. Like <laughs> the admissions counselors was busting these kids' ass in khaki. We in khakis <laughs> busting their ass on the court, right? right. <laughs> we streak, boom, little dude misses the shot. Quiz takes off. When I tell you, I throw a dime, bro, smokes the layup. I'm going to find that video and put it in the booth. <laughs> so if I can find. Like when I say, bro, I had the wide open layup, I'm, he smokes it. Middle of the smoked college fair. Uh, what, what was the dance that was hot during the t- No, it was the freeze, the, the sway lead. Well, oh, yeah. uh, bro, when I tell you, we used to have so much fun on the road. We did that in the middle of a fair and everybody stopped. In the middle of a college fair, broke out in a basketball game, the little dance, like. When, yeah. when you talk about making those relationships with those students, I, I understand what you say. Like when you told that institution, hey, I'm in leadership role because it's not normal for senior leadership and admissions to have a territory. Uh, so I want to take my hats off to you for, for staying true to why you jumped in, in this field uh, and, and staying intact with the role. So let me ask you this. Pre-COVID, post-COVID, what's those differences look like in, a, in admissions criteria, uh, emissions events, right? What do parents and students need to look out for? Because it's a shift now. We're not right. necessarily doing it how we were doing before, but I know there's some elements that, that still change because I'm going to say this. I'm outside of higher ed now for y'all that don't know. I'm telling on myself on the podcast. I no longer work in higher education, but it was my choice. Uh, and we'll get to that later on. But what's the differences? Because I know higher ed is a field that is 
very, and I'm going to use my little air quotes, traditional. We do it this mm -hmm. way. This is how we've done it. So how is the emissions landscape changing because of COVID? Yeah, honestly, I, I feel like COVID has brought some good things into the emissions world for us. Uh, we're able to be a lot more creative because you said it. everything has been very traditional. We've done this this way. We're going to continue to do it. But now COVID has made us really start thinking about what can we do differently and how can we do this better within the constraints of what we have. And so taking, for example, the mask mandate, our institution, we require masks on campus. There's high schools that don't require masks. And so how do we have our events still be able to say um, you have to have a mask, but then now look, we're all right here on this podcast in a virtual world. How can we bring the virtual world into our events that we're doing on campus? Um, I, I feel like for us, that has been a huge um, benefit to us this past year being able to have everything that we've done in person, be able to move to a virtual setting as well and still have that same experience. Uh, Cause that's the biggest thing, having that experience and understanding what you can do uh, at that institution, with that institution, you name it, um, having that same experience for that, we've been able to do that in this virtual world. And so um, I think the biggest thing is making sure you're still asking those questions. It may look different and it may be a different field than what you were able to get pre-COVID particularly if you have like over, older siblings and how their process been, it's totally different now. Um, a lot of schools are waiving um, tests optional. And so mm. they're, they're waiving the ACT and those test requirements needed to get into their institution. And so understanding what that looks like, they may be waiving that, but do you still have the requirements needed to make sure you're taking college level courses and there's no developmental courses that's needed? And so asking the right questions, I think even more now than ever, that's where my role has become. Um, a lot more rewarding because I'm able to tell students, they're like, man, so-and-so um, big school, I'm not going to say any names, they're waiving the test. And so I can get in there where before I could not get in there. Mm -hmm. What does that truly look like? Are you looking to go there because you know that's the big school and they have this huge social experience that you can get involved with? Or are you looking to go there because they have what you need to make sure you obtain a college degree? And so I think now more than ever, I'm being able to really challenge students and say they may be test optional, but what does that look like for you? Mm. You still have some courses that you need to fulfill before you can start taking that uh, those college co level courses. Or do is that going to cost you a lot more because you're going there for the wrong reason or what have you um, trying to find and navigate those things? So um, I think now right now, more than ever, we're able to really have more conversation and say, what does this truly look like? That's real. That is excellent. And uh, that point that you hit on, um, especially with the test optional piece, is definitely something that I've seen be a huge thing for students to take advantage of, but also one of those things where, you, like you said, you have to challenge that in terms of, okay, being as though this school has waived their test option for admissions, that's cool, right? That may give you now like a better chance and also make you feel just less anxious. And also those tests... Right. We know it. Yeah. They can, it doesn't really give a true indicator, no way. Yep. Exactly, exactly. But one of the things, though, is that even though that test is waived, remember, this school is still big on their rigor, big on, you know, whatever it is about that school. Like, that hasn't changed. That curriculum has not lessened or anything. Now, exactly. now that you're here, like, make sure that you're prepared for it. Make sure you understand what's going to be asked of you once you get onto that campus, being as though you were, you know, you took advantage of, by, of bypassing the test scores. Now, when you're on this campus, like, okay, be prepped. Because a lot of students, from what I've seen even recently, is that they've gone to those schools because now, okay, cool, that test score is waived. I can show up. Now, when they show up, they're like, oh, this mm -hmm. is more 
overwhelming. Like, I'm not sure that goes back to what you saw, said about research, making sure that this school is the proper fit for you. And not just because that test score is out the way, but also right. because it's graded, it, it, it fits who you are, you know what I'm saying, as a student. Like, I know if Harvard waived the, the, um, the test score when I was in school, I would not have applied because it's still Harvard. Like, there's, right. and I know that I'm not a, I, I, where I was then, I was not a Harvard level student when it came to academics. Sure, I could have showed up. I could have maybe played my part a little bit, but it wouldn't have been a, a sustainable thing for me to do. <laughs> so yeah, 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 research is so key. See how all these things tie together. And that's why it's so important to make sure you're choosing a school that fits you and your whole profile. You Just the same way they're evaluating you, evaluate them as well. Exactly. That's big in the sense of picking the institution that fits you. And, and, and I want to say, I hate the word fit. Right. Pick the institution that aligns with where you need to be, right, and what you want to do. Thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Connect Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation and insights shared. As always, be sure to let us know your thoughts and feedback. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at the Connect Pod. Once again, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at the Connect Pod. The Connect is spelled with a Q. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. It's the Connect Podcast on YouTube. Until next episode, get connected.